3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to "Playing Dirty" sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Yahoo Sports NBA podcast, hosted by Chris Mannix. From interviews, let's bring in John Wall. He's Reggie Miller. Bring in our exposure to the latest NBA news, to insights you won't get anywhere else. Writing is bad. You shouldn't riot. Past episodes of the podcast can be downloaded in the iTunes Store and Google Play. Why wouldn't you go back? Subscribe and leave a rating or comment. Here he is. Speaking of guys putting their foot in the road.
1: Chris Mannix. Yes. All right, joining me on the podcast this week, uh, we're broadcasting here from the Celtics practice facility, Adam Himmelsbach from the Boston Globe. What's happening, man?
4: Nothing. Just enjoying this April snow.
1: Oh, It's brutal. It's brutal out there. Remind everybody out there: if you uh, like the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, post a comment, leave a rating, all that good stuff. It uh, it certainly helps. Uh, it is snowing in April. Uh, Boston's playing good basketball, though, man. Like this is a team now six straight wins, and as we speak, they're going to fly to uh, Milwaukee for a back to back with the Bucks and the Raptors. They're doing all this without Kyrie Irving, and and th- there's many layers of, of of what's remarkable about this recent run, but. What stands out to you 4 0 road trip before that they beat Oklahoma city at home. What's been, is there a theme to all this?
4: I mean, it's not just no Kyrie Irving. It's no Kyrie Irving. It's no Marcus smart. It's no Daniel Tice. Even during those four games, Al Horford missed time, Marcus Morris missed time, Jalen Brown missed time. And they keep winning. It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, It's, it's hard to decipher exactly how they're doing it. They've had a little luck and they'll be the first to tell you that they've had some kind of miracle shots and miracle finishes. Um, but when you look and you see the way Brad has these guys playing together and playing hard, and I know that sounds simple, but these guys, most nights are playing harder than the other team. J- Shane Larkin has talked about it. He's like, I've been on teams in the past that uh, guys come in and kind of reserve roles and know, oh, I'll be back on the bench soon. Like, this isn't this isn't permanent. I'm not going to get my effort. He's like, this team, everyone goes after it the entire time, and I think you're seeing that.
1: I thought this this recent road trip was the strongest statement to date for Brad Stevens, Coach of the Year candidacy. Now, up until that point, I thought Dwayne Casey had it locked up, just because of the consistency of Toronto all year long. Uh, the fact the Raptors changed their style—you know, young guys playing off the bench—I I had it locked up there. But you know, after Boston beats Toronto on in Boston, coming off that four-game road trip. You know, this is a statement, and I'm sure it's not intentional by Brad Stevens, of yeah. course. But this is a a Coach of the Year statement he's made over the last two weeks.
4: Yeah, Brad will, Brad will never make a coach. The only Coach of the Year statement he gave us was the other day, where he said he doesn't. He, I think, his exact words were, "I couldn't care less," and then he said, "Dwayne Casey deserves it," which is which is. We exactly didn't take a
1: that. LeBron position though, like be like yeah. LeBron, like yeah, I deserve it. I'm coach of the. Year. It would be amazing like, if
4: Brad do... Stevens came out today and said, "Do you, you know, see the guys I'm rolling yeah. with
1: out there?" <laughs> like,
4: I thought about it. I'm looking at our roster. I think it's time for me to win my first <laughs> coach of the year award i would love it twitter would love it mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe that's maybe we can talk Brad into it but yeah you're absolutely right i mean if they if they'd won all those games at full strength and stayed a few games behind the raptors i think the conversation begins yeah. but to do what they've done so shorthanded so undermanned the issue is like you said toronto has had a great year and this game in toronto will be pretty big if the celtics catch them if they somehow finish first i think it's over mm-hmm. If Toronto finishes three or four games ahead, wins wins Eastern Conference, like there, there's a very good argument that can be made for Dwayne Casey as well. They've had an incredible season, kind of start to finish. That they've slowed recently. The sense I get is their slow their slowdown is more related to the fact that they kind of had one locked up or so mm-hmm. they thought. But we'll see how the last few games play out.
1: You know, I thought uh, particularly in the Portland and the Utah games, th- those were, were were coaching wins to, to some degree. I mean, not just because of how undermanned they were, but the play calling in the Portland game looked to me like it was one team was was trying to out scheme you, whereas Portland was trying to just beat you with their talent. It was it was Lillard, and McCollum, and they were trying to be that way. Boston wins that game against Utah. Another team was pretty disciplined. I think Quinn Snyder's one of yeah. the top coaches in basketball. You, know, you look at the end of game situations and, and the play calling, even on the the last shot uh, by by Jalen. I mean, that's I, I that that to me was was a testament to to what Bradson. You were on that road trip. I mean. Those two games in particular, where do you think he, he shined there?
4: Yeah, I mean, so I said that to some people. I think of course if you go to Brad and you say, would you rather have Gordon Hayward Kyrie Irving, you know, of course he's going to say he wants everyone, but there's a part of Brad Stevens that loves this. And he'll, he won't say the there's a part the of the
1: underdog type. Yes, as, yeah, exactly,
4: the Butler Brad. The Brad that can come out and you say, "All right, Brad, these are your guys tonight. Figure out a way." And that's like that, he relishes that. He loves those moments. So I I think there's a part of him that's really enjoying having to find a way with these guys, busting out a zone defense against the Jazz and having some After of never shooting. playing zone,
1: also, <laughs> like barely. Like he said it was the most, here, yeah.
4: the most they played in two years and they played it extensively. They, you know, they've used it again against the Raptors and their win the other night. Enjoying f- ways like, all right, here's where we're going to use Shane Larkin in, in these situations and having him grab nine rebounds against Utah. Like, Brad relishes these moments. Um, again, of course, he'd rather, Would you rather have... All your all stars back, yes. But in these situations there's part of it that he certainly gets a kick out of, I think.
1: If you're him too, and I don't know if they think like this, probably not. We in the media think differently than they do in the, the coach's box in the front office, but you know, grabbing that number one seed, that that's gotta be huge because if you can sneak up and take that from Toronto, and let's say Cleveland finishes in third, you avoid, you know, the Raptors or Cleveland until you get to the conference finals. Now that you know, They may not get that far because of the injuries they've got with this team, but to be able to kind of avoid that matchup until you're at close to full strength with with Kyrie back, with Marcus Smart potentially back, I mean, th- there should be a sense of urgency, I think, within this team to win every game down the stretch, including the one with against Toronto, to try to claim that top spot.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple parts to that. One is Toronto is fantastic at home, so if you're looking at a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup with them, you'd rather them not have home court. I think the other part of it is the mental aspect if if you go in like toronto had like a six game lead a few weeks ago if you catch them and all of a sudden pass them and then the playoffs start the the conversation is gonna be what's happened to the raptors Why? Are, oh the raptors are slogging into the playoffs the celtics don't even have their guys and they're charging in you know that might not mean anything we've seen like the people have worried about the Cavs before in the playoffs start and they flip a switch maybe the raptors will as well but mm-hmm. it's something to keep an eye on i would think
1: what i mean for the guys that are playing out there um, you know, thrust into roles unfamiliar. I mean, we saw against, uh, what was it, against Utah, where it's Semi Ojale going for 30-plus minutes and, you know, Abdel Nader's out there for, for longer stretches. I mean Shemmy
4: and Shane played the most minutes in that Jazz game. <laughs> like, who would have ever guessed a game down the stretch, Shane Larkin and semi Ojale? For a Jazz team
1: that has something to play for, yep. too. Like, that Jazz team is, you know, badly needed that win. That win could be the difference, or that loss could be the difference of making the playoffs and not.
4: Yeah, at home, too. Yeah, like, yeah. There was, it was, it was, it's just stunning. There, were, If you put every, every part of it, it's just, it was a stunning But do
1: these guys just, I mean, did they, does Brad just you know, find the ways to maximize their, their strengths? Is, is it development over the course of a season? What is it about their ability to step into these roles and, and succeed?
4: I think that's a, a big part of it. he'll say that he says a lot, finding way to soar with your strengths is one of his kind of catchphrases. He, he doesn't want guys. He doesn't say, all right, Kyrie's out. Who's going to break down a defense with a crossover dribble? It's, all right, Kyrie's out. Someone's going to have to play those minutes. Here's what Shane does really well. Let's find a way to really maximize what Shane does. He's a ball hawk. He's going to annoy the crap out of this opposing point guard. He's going to maybe fly in and get nine (laughs) rebounds (laughs) against the Jazz. And let's find a way that he's going to be in these minutes, but he's not going to be doing it in the way that Kyrie does it.
1: You're around this team every day. I mean, uh, back in November, I lost my mind and wrote going to the finals and book a hotel and everybody <laughs> get your flight and all that stuff. But have you sensed that the, 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 the confidence in what they could do this season has ebbed and flowed during the year from maybe a peak point in late December, early January when they were playing great basketball to when they weren't after coming off the London trip? What, has, has there been any kind of fluctuation in what this team thinks it can do during the course of the year?
4: It's hard to tell because they kind of follow Brad's lead, I think, on that. And uh, Brad stays very even you know, when they beat the Warriors – people want to be like, oh, isn't that a great win? And he'll never, he'll say, you know, here's what we did wrong, here's what we could have done better, mm. on to the next one. If they lose a bad game, it's a similar refrain. I think what you have seen is with all these injuries, there was initially a sense, okay, this is it. But what this run now has done is like, wait a minute, like not only is this maybe not it, look at the way these guys are playing now, look at the confidence all of these players who are th- thrust into bigger roles are going to have moving forward. And then, hey, guess what? What if Marcus Smart comes back? What if Kyrie Irving comes back? And then I think that's given them more of a sense of possibility kind of moving forward.
1: What do you think their their level of concern is with, with uh, Kyrie Irving, short and long term?
4: It's hard to say. I mean, we, don't, we didn't really even know about this tension wire being removed, basically, until it happened. Um, it seems like there's still some hardware in that knee that at some point going to be addressed. Danny Ainge has been pretty upfront about that. Uh, their hope Obviously, they wouldn't have done this minimally evasive thing if they if there wasn't a hope of him playing this year. I think if they knew there was no chance, I think they would have done something a little more extensive. but it's a knee surgery right like it's people some like minimally evasive was the was the word used over and over and over again. but when someone goes into your knee and takes something out like it's gonna it's a challenge to like get back on a basketball court and play. 38, 39 minutes in a playoff Especially for game. a
1: guy that's had knee procedures before. Yeah. I mean, this dates back to, to 2015. My, my question, I don't know if you had the same one, but I, I wondered, you know, this guy started feeling knee pain back in February. If you kind of were aware, and look, they, they knew something about the knee, you know, dating back to the trade, because, you know, it, it had been reported that Kyrie had talked about knee problems, and I had heard from the Cleveland side that he may need some kind of procedure to, to deal with the remnants of, of the previous knee injury. But I would wondered why... Back in February, they didn't do something then because you know what the timetable is, right? I mean, you know, yeah. even on the low end, it's three weeks, four weeks, whatever. Why not do it in February and, and wait till now, where you could potentially lose a first round series, maybe? Yeah. Without no, it's a agree. fair
4: question. I don't. All I can think is that they really just thought it was tendinitis and it was soreness, and that surgery wasn't even something they were even thinking about. Mm-hmm. And as it lingered, and it definitely got worse. Like it's something they've monitored and tracked, but there's no question. In the days leading up to this, it, something got a little bit worse, and they said, "All right, now it's time to take a look." But yeah, maybe then they should have said, "Let's let's take a little deeper look at this and see if there's something we can do to get this to go away right now."
1: And yet, their record is astonishing without him. Like nobody's gonna sit here and say they're better without him, but they. they keep a couple of
4: Boston Globe commenters on stories have. It's you don't the, read the comments. <laughs> no, none of the comments. Occasionally, none of the comments.
1: <laughs> <It's laughs> don't don't feed the trolls. Don't respond on Twitter. Don't do any of that.
4: It's uh. But, yeah, I mean, they're. I, I tweeted this the other day. I tweeted actually the wrong uh, record by one game, but then they went out and won to make it that way. <laughs> if you count the Charlotte game Kyrie played 90 seconds in, which I do, I don't think that counts as playing a game. They're 13-4 right. and four without him, which is remarkable. It's a better winning percentage than they have with him. Again, they played some bad teams in that group. I don't think anyone's saying they're better without him, but to, to overcome a top you know, top fifteen NBA player not being on your team is pretty impressive.
1: When you look at the the totality of the season and, and you know, you plug Kyrie into the role Isaiah was in last year. Has it been what you expected? You know, how they how they've utilized him? Has there been similarities to how they utilized him when compared to Isaiah differences?
4: Yeah, I think it's been it's been pretty similar. Like Brad hasn't definitely reinvented the wheel for Kyrie. There's a lot of a lot of the same kind of handoff action that you see. Uh, Kyrie doesn't get to the foul line quite as often as Isaiah, and I think the Celtics are aware of that and how they've they've crafted things a little bit. When you, well, I was thinking this about Kyrie the other day, actually, when you think of the what he's gone through with his knee, knowing that he's had this pain, knowing that, is that it's incredible that he was still spent most of this season as like an elite ball hunter that nobody could stay in front of, despite having wires and screws and knee pain. He was still like one of the most, if not the most, hard player to contain off of the dribble, which was pretty remarkable if you think about it. Mm-hmm.
1: The um the question with this team, if, if they do advance past the second round, they get to a conference finals, and you start getting guys back. Let's assume that Kyrie's healthy, uh, Marcus Smart comes back into the mix. Uh, to me, one of the big questions is, do you trust Jason Tatum as the number three option, sometimes even number two option, on a team in that kind of position? And he's developed incredibly in this season. I mean, he's one of the most advanced offensive rookies that I've seen in a long time. Do you think he's ready for, for that kind of challenge right now? With the understanding that I'm not even sure. Like we sit here and talk about like how far can they go? I don't even think they, they think about this year as being the year that yeah, that they've they improve their medal. I mean, their second best player is just now running for the first time. But I mean, is, is Tatum have that in him to 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 take over games? Because you've seen and I've seen the end of game situations. He's always in there. I mean, for the most part, like even if he's having a bad game throughout in the fourth quarter oftentimes he's on the floor that's how much trust they seem to have in him
4: it's a it's a fair question I mean there's no question uh, Tatum hit a rut about half through the year his percentages went down he stopped shooting as many threes he he had a, I don't know if people call it a rookie wall or whatever, but he wasn't playing as well as he did earlier in the season. This recent run, though, that they've been going on when they've leaned on him, I think has boost. he's been playing extremely well again and has given his confidence a real boost back. I think he was getting a little down on himself uh, when he was struggling mentally as well. Now he's back, now he's confident. The playoffs, as we know, Chris, though, are different. I think it'll be really interesting to see him in that first series when. Other teams' best players are playing bigger minutes when the crowd, home and road, is a different thing. Like he's seen uh, that first series, I think once he gets through that first series, they will probably come from. Maybe even the first game or two, mm-hmm. maybe he'll be fine from the tip off. I don't know, but I think that's worth monitoring, especially with the a first, rookie Like the that. first
1: game, I, I've counted twice that Tatum's had that deer in the headlights look. One was the the, the opener, season opener, when he started, Cleveland. and it yes. was just like holy shit. This mm-hmm. time, just you know, we're allowed to doing? swear on here. Oh yeah, you can swear. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know. Oh this. yeah. yeah. <laughs> curse away i said crap earlier no that's 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 mild (laughs) compared i always get the explicit rating next to this (laughs) one it's fine um and the other was uh was the golden state game at home when they Mm -hmm. played there and it looked the first three quarters he was terrible but then the end of that game he made two free throws made a three-pointer i mean he was he was terrific there so i I think he might have one game um where he 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 kind of doesn't know uh You know, where where he is or what's going on up there. But after that, I think he's going to be fine.
4: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Not something that lasts. Because you're right, nothing has lasted with him when it comes to that um, being comfortable. Sometimes you see a little bit of anxiousness, even at the start of games, but then he wipes it away with one ridiculous play that not many guys can make. But he's playing with such confidence right now. And I think that's really important to have gotten through that little bump he was in. And it wasn't, I say bump, it's not like he was out here shooting like 18% and mm -hmm. like throwing the ball out of bounds every play. Like Mm -hmm. it was a guy who was incredible. And then, Instead of ascending, took a small dip.
1: What do you think of what you've seen? I mean, the the, the future of this team is, is Tatum and Brown, and, and Brown a little more experienced, obviously second year in the league. Um, what do you think of what you've seen from him? Is he is he developed the way you thought he was going to?
4: Yeah, I mean, I actually I just spoke to him. I'm going to have a story probably later today about his free throw shooting. How that was something that he was really bad at the start of this year for for actually two thirds of the year he's shooting the 50s, which is unusual for a player. Who's a pretty good shooter now? But since the also break, he's been in the ninety, not shooting ninety percent plus. Um, he he's a freakish athlete. There's things he can do that other guys simply can't do. If you look at some areas of his game, I think the Celtics are probably hoping he would advance a little bit more this year. But again, he's twenty-one years old and has maybe, you know, I guess you could argue, of course, with Tatum, but he's got. A really high ceiling, and just because of the physical attributes and the things he can do athletically, that very few guys, even in the NBA, can do. Not even on the Celtics.
1: How do you think this team eventually deals with the the Hayward Brown Tatum kind of trio? Good problem to so, have. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, horrible problem, thing. Great problem Where'd to have. But, I mean, these guys are going to come back next year, yeah. assuming everybody's on the roster. You know, thinking I'm a 35 minute per game player, and Gordon Hayward's going to come back saying I'm fully healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than that. I'm an all star.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, part of it we saw. What did we see the other night? Jason Tatum playing point guard. And I what? wondered if he
1: could play four. That's that's my because mm-hmm. he's got the length and and if he could play four, I mean that's a I don't know how they rebound or defend necessarily, but if he can play four, that's a physical I mean that's a an elite offensive lineup.
4: Yeah, and I, and and Brad is like you see positionless basketball, but Brad is a real believer in it. Uh you know, they had plans to have Gordon Hayward bring the ball up pretty consistently this mm-hmm. year. I think he'll find ways if These are the best players he has, and these are players he'll wants. he find ways to have them on the court together. Of course, doing the math, numbers are going to dip a little bit here and there because you need those 33, 34 minutes to come from somewhere. But Mm -hmm. I think he's going to find ways to get everyone on the court who needs to be on the
1: court. Support for this podcast, as always, comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com manix Equal Housing Lender, licensed in all 50 states, that's nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. One of the guys that was a throw-in or it seemed like a throw-in last offseason was Marcus Morris, you know, coming in here. Avery Bradley, everybody thought that Marcus was just there because it was a body you could take on. But he's been, he's been so much more. The one thing that's impressed me about him is his ability to either slide in between the starting lineup and be effective and come off the bench and be effective. Mm-hmm. And I know early in the season he wasn't really keen on that. I think he wanted to be a starter early in the season, but it, it seems like he's embraced kind of a, a versatile role with his team.
4: I think he's he's embraced the role, and I think he really his his knee was bothering him. Like even when he was playing, he missed a bunch of games at the start of the year. Came back, then missed more games, and he wasn't himself. I think you're seeing now he's he's feeling healthy, and also there's something. I mean, I don't know if what you're like playing career was like in youth leagues or whatever but remember not good, like not good no, when no, like bad. like the star player was like went to a family vacation or something and you're like hey like i can't go sit the bench now because i think there's some of that with marcus morris like he knows he's getting his, not only is he getting his minutes he can fire away and he's not he's never shy about shooting but he knows they need him to shoot and that's that gives him more confidence i think out there and that's what we're seeing he's putting up Twenty, twenty-five, thirty points, taking the big shots in important moments. Because let's be honest, when Kyrie's here, when Gordon's here, you're not going to necessarily go to Marcus Morris for like a game-winning three. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think this team is better equipped in a matchup with Cleveland than the one we saw last year? I mean, I guess, it, I guess it. Cleveland it, is so different. That's, that's the whole the thing. thing. Yeah. And I guess it goes to what you think about the Cavs and. Do they dial it up to a ten? Scal and I have this fight all the time. Scal thinks they're going to, you know, they'll immediately ratchet it up and they will be a different team defensively. I'm less optimistic for them that that's going. to I happen. thought
4: they would. Like I, I, I thought similar to Scal on. But the more I watch them, I don't, I don't see it. Like when you look at their personnel and you look at what they are on defense, I don't see it. It's just so hard because they have LeBron James, and we've seen <laughs> year after year after year. You do not want to see him in a postseason series, mm-hmm. but this team is different. There's no are they question better equipped to
1: to defend LeBron? I mean, Morris adds another body. That so that was it's funny has.
4: you mentioned that because when they when they traded for Marcus and Morris, I talked to people around the team, and of course the salary was a big yeah, thing, yeah. and they needed to make they didn't want to trade everybody, but they had to. And I said, "Why Marcus Morris?" And they said one of several people in the organization said to me, "He, if you've watched him defend LeBron, he does it as well as anyone, and that's someone we think can really." I don't want to say give him problems, but someone who can be effective maybe defending LeBron in the playoffs. And the fact that they were thinking that far ahead I thought was interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Kyrie being in that mix. I mean, we it, it's personal with Kyrie and LeBron. There's a level of, of personal. I kind of hate that they were like buddies at the I All-Star do too. game. I mean, eh, I hate all that. I mean, I still want Durant and Westbrook not to talk to yes, each other. Yes, me I mean, too. Just, I mean, more hostility. <laughs> like, let's not. I know we're all friends back in the AAU days and it all. The Maybe hostility is a little strong, but like pettiness. Yeah, I love, I, mean, I need just, a little pettiness. Don't, don't be in the, like, I don't want to see a in the locker room, everybody kind of talking and gathering yes. around. Like, just have some isolation. Yeah, All-Star weekend
4: all. just kind of crushed me a little bit for both ends katie and russ and yeah. Kyrie and lebron
1: yeah it's just like, and I, I wish they didn't like pick each other for the team yeah. they're on opposite sides like just to go a little yeah. a little hostile there let me finish with this one of the reasons that i've basically already written my celtics as champions 18 19 column already in the in the bag is because of how they they have played in the last few years against golden state and and this year against houston i mean They've played them as well as any team in the league, you know, winning a game at home against Houston, you know, beating Golden State early in the year, being life and death of them in Golden State. It, when you think back on those matchups in particular, because if you just assume for the sake of argument that next year Boston gets out of the East and one of those two teams is who they're going to face. What is it about the way this Celtics team is built and or coached that has made them so effective in those matchups?
4: Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, like the Houston game here was kind of a miracle finish, and Chris Paul didn't play. James Harden meltdown. Clint Capella and, didn't play. Like yeah. their second and third best players didn't play. Like they've had a few of these games where teams aren't quite at full strength. But, but even but in they Houston, still, they were. Yeah. I mean, that was. The, yeah, they should have won that game. Yeah,
1: and Al makes a play. I mean,
4: yeah, yeah uh, I think it's. I think it goes back to their effort and that they defend. You see a lot of teams like Cleveland. You see a lot of teams that don't guard. And this team will guard for 48 minutes. And when you're a high-powered team like Golden State and Houston, you don't necessarily see that as often. And it's un- and a team that sees them twice a year, it's a little bit unusual for them. It can be a little bit jarring, I think, at times.
1: Mm-hmm. I mentioned Al there quickly. I want to ask you that too. Like, what, what does this team need for, from an Al Horford? I mean, he's, he gets beaten up a little bit because of his, his stat lines and not his – as sexy as some other players out there, but what, he gets what?
4: beaten up because of his contract too. From yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, I think if he, if I always he, find that bizarre though too. So because, do I. Because, <laughs> I mean,
1: like, what, like, you know, there were, there were three teams that would have given him yes. full max. Washington and Atlanta eventually got there. Uh, you know, Atlanta was getting him five. Like they were, they were, they were getting that. That was, that was bizarre.
4: No, you're right. I'm fascinated by people, and people act like it's like their money. Like, <laughs> would you rather not have a five time All Star on your team who does so many things? Like, is Al ever going to be a twenty eight and fifteen guy? Absolutely not. Like, look at all of the things. He I does. do think he
1: struggled though in February. Like, I thought he was, you know, I think a lot of people use like the the beyond the box score stuff yeah. to defend was a little bit indefensible in, in February. Um, but what what do they need him to do? Like, you know, do they need you know? He said it's not going to be twenty eight and fifteen, but do they need him to be seventeen and nine, or do they, or is there more to it with Al?
4: I think, like you said, it's not with box score with him. I think they need him to do everything, like. First of all the team kind of follows his lead. They follow his emotional lead. He's kind of the, he's the veteran. He's the mild-mannered kind of like I've seen him several times when things go bad if you look on the court he's the one. All right guys, come on, everyone get over here. Let's calm down. On the court, they need him to rebound. They need like he's one of their best three-point shooters, which a lot of people don't even realize. Uh, you know, they need he facilitates the offense. He plays point guard pretty consistently. Like they need him to be this like swiss army knife basically that does every little thing effectively
1: this is the value of baines too like i mean al doesn't want to be a five like is right. pretty vocal about not wanting to be a five and baines coming in and now monroe too just being able to take that physical responsibility away from him. that's why Al, when he was in atlanta he was getting gobbled up by by the tristan thompsons mm-hmm. and, and the bigger teams in the league because he's just not equipped to to bang like that that's just not part of his game and and that, i mean that just makes baines and 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 Monroe, all that much more valuable.
4: Yeah, and, and less physical wear and tear for Al, too. Um, just not having to go against those guys. And Baines is a guy who's happy to take on physical wear and tear whenever. And apparently now f- hit hit threes. Yeah. He hit, <laughs> now,
1: I mean, he's, has he been the biggest surprise for this team? I mean, I didn't see him coming. I thought he was okay, but I, I saw what I saw in, in Baines the last few years, like a 15-minute-per-game player. He's been significantly more than that with this team.
4: I mean, there there are so many big surprises on this team. Like, you, like Daniel Tice – Maybe the Celtics aren't surprised. I had yeah, not like, didn't know who he was. None of, yes. none of us knew German who he all was. All star, come
1: on. Anybody says they do, they're so yeah. full of shit. He he no and
4: he was a huge, it's, it's a tough loss for them, but he was a huge piece. Shane Larkin, some of us thought like, oh, he's going to like try to make the team. He made the team and became a, a really key component. Even when they were full strength, you know, coming in that fourth quarter kind of pest role, they've had all, like they've hit on almost everything this year after a few years of missing these type of signings. Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe they'll get the number two pick in the draft this year, too. Lakers starting to scuffle a little bit. We'll uh, see what happens. I happening. think
4: it's what it be like one out of 75 chance or something yeah. like that. They'll,
1: they'll, put, they'll put Steve Pagliuca in the room again <laughs> just to, as their lucky charm to yeah. try to have lottery success.
4: But then King's pick fever will be all – if not, King's pick that fever That actually – not to get
1: too off-kilter here, but that actually might wind up being like the better pick. I mean, look, if it goes number two yeah. in, this draft, in this draft, that's freakish. That's enormous. But if it's like five – like next year – from what I hear early on, you know, and and looking at the Kings, they're unless they have hit free agent gold or draft gold, they're not going to be very good again. That's that's two big assets Boston has to dangle in in a potential deal. Not by the way, should people listening who are at the Anthony Davis club, it's not going to happen. Oh, here we go. It's, I know I'm I'm not on that <laughs> yeah. team. I'm not okay. riding the Davis. <laughs> I I never have. I've always said the only way they were getting Anthony Davis is if New Orleans and, and the Pelicans and, and Davis and Cousins didn't work, and they did, and yeah. they've worked for. Most of the season, so why would New Orleans, with a guy under contract through at least 2020, who seems to get along with Cousins, now we'll see what happens when Cousins gets his money? But why would they ever break that up?
4: Yeah. There's literally no reason to. <laughs> was and that was a clear. savvy way to work Anthony Davis into this podcast. Well, last you know, I, minute, I, at, like at the buzzer. <laughs> yes, I,
1: I like to you know occasionally weave in the improbable, if not impossible, into the podcast. Adam, thanks for joining me, man. I All appreciate
0: right, thanks, it. Chris. <laughs>